The following is presented by the Cheeky Bastards. Come to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers, and welcome to your second helping of Dropping a Bruce, the monthly podcast where we watch every single one of Bruce Willis's 40 to direct video releases from his acting career to see if he took the role for a paycheck and dropped a deuce, or if, in fact, he took the role and gave it his all and dropped a Bruce. I am the Notorious Scott K. And from the UK, this is Steve Nothing But Love Smith. But you can call me Mr. Smith. And together, we will be your captains on this 40-month journey through the lesser-known movies of Mr. Bruce Willis's filmography. This month's stop is the 2011 action thriller heist film, Setup. But before we get together with some lifelong friends and pull a daring daylight robbery, Mr. Smith, I gotta know, we came into this cold without giving away too much. Was I right on our first episode where maybe the bar was set really, really high and we were going to have a bit of that pendulum swing back the other way where we'll probably enjoy this discussion we're about to have about this film, but not as enthusiastic as the last one. Right. Okay. Now, in the grand scheme of things, you are right, but I have to be honest. As usual. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, what the fuck? I didn't hate it. How's that? That's, that's fair. That's, that's, that's perfectly fair. Perfectly you know, fair. I didn't hate it. There are problems which we'll get to. Yep. I'm sure. <laughs> I've got a lot of thoughts on this. And for anyone who thinks we can't do an hour show on a straight to DVD Bruce <sighs> yes, Willis come movie. On. Come on. You don't know us. You, you don't you know us. Where Good you Lord. We're even going to have to edit this down probably. I spent an hour, an hour and a half just talking about a scene from a Tarantino film. I, I do that in my sleep, yeah, motherfuckers. Anyway, come on. Don't anywho, challenge me. Anywho. But yes. So... In the grand scheme of things, this isn't up to the standard of the last movie. But I've got words to say. I'm not going to be quite as brutal as you may think. But anyway, yes. Well, I would like to, one, thank those of you who are listening to us on a very brand new, well, not brand new, brand new to us, but we have just recently been invited on to the last of the Action Heroes podcast network, which is where some of you are listening to this right now. The great Mr. Ryan Rebelkin, who I had the pleasure of meeting through my Tarantino podcast, reached out to us and asked if we would bring this show on there. And we're very, very <laughs> excited to. He has responded Absolutely. back to me and seems more excited that we're on. I was like, dude, we're you? Very, I think we're, we're very, excited that yeah. you invited us. Yeah, very grateful. And the funny thing is, is I was thinking about saying something to him when we when I first came up with the idea, but I was like, I don't want to be on, you know, like this, like, hey, by the way, Ryan, I think we've got this great idea that should be on your network. I thought, no. If, if he likes the show, maybe he'll ask one day, but for him to reach out before we put the show up, our first episode. So very, very excited to be a part of the network. Absolutely. But with all the other shows on it that we'll talk more about at the end of the episode. Those of you, don't worry, we will have plenty to talk about, or I'll find yes. plenty of clips to play in order to make <laughs> this episode go. So, we are going to jump into it with our opening section that we call... What you talking about, Willis? Just the facts, man. Just the facts. This movie was released in 2011. Written by Mike Berman and Mike Gunther. Directed by Mike Gunther. Starring 50 Cent, Bruce Willis, Ryan Felipe, Jenna Dewan, Randy Couture, and James Remar with a runtime of 85 minutes. Holding a 4.4 IMDb rating and a no critics rating and 17 fans rating on Rotten Tomatoes. A group of friends become involved in a risky diamond heist that turns deadly when one of them betrays the others, leading to a surviving member to team up with a dangerous mob boss in an effort to get revenge. Dune Entertainment and 20th Century Fox present Set Up. Don't worry about a thing. Set it up, knock it down. Let's do this. Check it out. Five million. Is there anything you want me to tell you, son, before I kill him? Oh, Ivan. Hey, how you doing in there? 
Sal. This defeats the whole fucking purpose of interrogating him. How are you gonna get anything out of him if he's dead? You think you're gonna come into my town, shoot whoever you want without my permission? You managed to piss off a very important group of people that I make money with. That means you owe me now. Bring him up. Hey, Aqualon, let me tell you something. God ain't here, okay? God has left Detroit. I'm your only God today. So you better tell me what happened to my fucking money. Explain it to me again. Vincent has your money. The same guy that shot you, Whack Petey, took my money. I'm going to find him so you can shoot him. I have a different plan. Just let me do the talking when we get there, all right? What's the matter, Vince? Look like we've seen a fucking ghost. Where's my money? I don't know what you're talking about. Nice chance. Everything you got in this world is because of me! Everything you fucking are is because of me! Yeah, that's right. Every fucking thing I say is right. Mr. Willis is in this film in a supporting role. He plays a character named Biggs, who is the local mob boss in Detroit, who also enjoys reading the sports section while he eats his breakfast. Now, I think an important thing we should talk about right before now is that Mr. Willis... Eventually, we'll be doing a whole lot more of these down his career. This is three years from his first one that we just did. He'll do one more in this year that we'll talk about. And he does a couple spread out until 2019 when, as we said in the very first episode, Mother's Brooklyn drops. And then from there, it's 26 consecutive. These films are direct-to-DVD, direct-to-video, however you want to put them. We call them STDs for a moment. (laughs) However, there's another term. And this actually is attributed to your neck of the woods, the term geezer. The term geezer, it's interesting. Like, I know that in your neck of the woods, the term geezer is more of a connotation towards tough guy, correct? Am, am I wrong in that? Is it more yeah, like, a, I guess, like like an I guess older, we, seasoned, t- a tough guy? Yeah, I mean, it's become something like, I guess, an American way would be... We, we use it like you use the word dude, I guess. Okay. Yeah, not necessarily, but yeah, geezer... Yeah, you know, geezer is uh, it's a time of endearment to some yeah. extent, much like the word cunt in this country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, geezer, you know, he's a good geezer. He's a, it's not something you would use in a derogatory way, certainly. Do you know what I mean? Well, it is used a bit here in America as a, as a derogatory way. Okay. So I actually believe this new term is called geezer teasers, which is basically <laughs> older one-time A-list. Almost, I would want to say almost action stars, or at least guys who are uh, who are considered, I would say, who play tough guy roles. Uh, right. De Niro's done a few. Liam Neeson yeah. seems to be doing them all the time now. <laughs> uh, Nick Cage did them, but those are a little different reason. <laughs> As I said in the first episode, he had a really big high tax bill he had to do for a while. But Pacino's done them. Like, there's a bunch of guys doing these, and they're called geezer teasers. And I believe that they're leaning into the double meaning of the word, the first being geezer from where you're calling them, where right. tough guys, good dudes, but also you using the term we use, which is geezer for an old man. Like this, okay. look at this fucking old, look at this geezer over okay, here. So right, more right. of an old guy. So it kind of is pulling both. So yes, Mr. Willis has been doing the geezer roles. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. One of the main reasons that I read was that he decided to start doing this, whether he knew or not that he had this, I guess, this new diagnosis, or maybe he felt it, but that he has young children. So him and Demi Moore had kids. They've since moved on, obviously, but he has a younger wife and they have younger kids. So he did this as a way to kind of boost up the money <laughs> that they would have later on in life because uh, he gets paid a million a picture. So those 26 in a row, yes. he made $26 million in the matter of two, three years. Well, did he? But he probably didn't see all And a lot of them, million. he's only, obviously, like a lot of them, as we'll go through and as more information I find out, he's only on set sometimes one to two days for some of these films. Yeah. And I think this yeah. film we're about to talk about is one of those type of films. As we get into the more crux and meat of them, I'll get more further into the people that he comes across and starts doing them with, and there's a certain gentleman. I don't want to do it right now, because this is one of those films. No, we'll get that. This is definitely a geezer teaser. I think even before it was geezer teaser. This is, because it's 2011, we're 12 years ahead of this, but this is definitely one of those. And he plays a geezer, an old mob boss from Detroit named Biggs. Now, as we're about to jump into this, I will say this. 
as I have said when I was doing my now three years, crazy, it's been three exact years almost to the date, that I started the Nicolas Cage podcast with my old friend. He is maybe the best part of this film. When he is on screen, he definitely brings quite a bit to it. We'll get into it when we get to his parts. But he definitely is probably the best part of this film. At least in our early goings, I have watched a few of them. And so far, I'm going to come to the conclusion early on that at least early, he is still putting in effort and really trying to get, you know make the most of even how many small days he's on set. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's fun in this movie. And he actually looks like yes. he's having a good time in set. He- he actually is he's he's present. He's still he's swing. Yeah, he's yes, he's absolutely. taking the role, he's getting the money, but he's not mailing it in. And I don't know, haven't asked you yet if you've watched the movie that we'll be doing next month, absolutely. but I I'm still up in the first 3. And in the first 3, I have found that he has really put some joy into these films that he still looks like he's enjoying making movies, which is good at the point. I mean, this is 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're ahead of me. Um I'm tending to watch each movie a, closer. A, couple of, yeah. a few days before we record, just so I, I'm an old man, you know. I need, <laughs> You're a geezer. I'm He's an old a geezer, geezer over here. I'm an old geezer. I need to, yeah, I need my memory to be fresh on these. <laughs> if I watch it two weeks in advance, I'll, I'll forget everything. I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. But um, yeah, he's 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 having fun in this movie. Well, let's um, let's let's, let's jump let's jump right into this. So this movie, let's go, uh, let's go. All right, so. As you've heard in the What You Talking About Willis, you you know that the other two major stars in this film are the great 50 Cent and Ryan Felipe. And the film opens with Ryan Felipe leaving a prison. We don't know right off the bat if he's leaving prison because he's being released from prison or for what reason. But it feels like he's being released from prison. But we realize that he's been visiting his father, who we'll come to find out is played by really another good actor actually in this film, James Remar. There are, there are two people in this film who are really putting in the work and who probably only spent like two days on set. And there's the rest who've been there for whatever 28-day, 30-day shoot this is. And boy, they look like the geezers. They look like they are flat out, yeah, of, are. out of gas yeah. as they go through this film. Well, obviously, so so 50, so 50 Cent was one of yep. the producers on yep. the movie. He, he is. And I did think that was, I did find it very funny at the very beginning. The, the, product, <laughs> the production team are called Hedge Fund Partners. So I thought I know. Where yeah, this, I can see yeah, where this is going. Yeah, then. it's yeah. So it's uh, what should what should give you a clue is I don't know yeah. who is in charge or what local band they found for the soundtrack to do their to throw in some songs. Wow. We're not yeah, in Tarantino yeah. territory here. We're not getting good needle drops. We're getting no, no, somebody's no. uncle who gave some money who gave money just so they could get their sons or cousins wow. banded, and they yeah. fucking. Suck. I didn't even look who they were because I don't want to offend somebody. Nah, they listen, fucking blow. Uh, do you know They're what? It's funny you mentioned. That's funny you mentioned Tarantino because I thought yes, this is what happens when you think you can make a Tarantino yes. movie. Well, at least yeah, this but is you. at least told straightforward. <laughs> I guess that's the, the positive. Yes, I'm not going to be too. I'm negative, trying not to could, be. There's definitely, there's definitely, there's definitely like uh, yeah. Well, to all the all the Tarantino naysayers who think it's yes. that easy. Yeah, go ahead and watch Setup. Well, there you go. Yeah, Take a, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm I'm being, but I'm I'm not going to be too mean on on this movie. But yeah, so so Fifty Cent was one of the producers. And whoever else helped get money and got their nephews, uncles, son, daughter, maybe he's banging this band. It's awful. Whenever their music plays, it's awful. Yeah, it's a very it's a very considerate eighty five minutes long as well, which very grateful for that. But it feels longer. It just, it does. Wow. So the setup of setup is three good <laughs> friends, apparently three really good friends for reasons that really aren't apparent to us at the beginning of the film. They stop by to pick up a guy who's a friend of theirs who just moved in to a new place. And he like just like his his girlfriend's there and he dips on her. He's like, I, and look, I don't know. I don't know many women who are that like that cool who are just like, oh, hey, yeah, we just moved in. And you want to go have beers with these two fucking schmucks while I'm trying to move into our new place? <laughs> go right ahead. They pick him up. You know right away he's not going to make it to the movie. Because he's picked up by two of the leads, and you have no idea who this fucking guy is. He's not even a character you've ever seen before, an actor before, and you're like, it's like a Star Trek. He's wearing he's the a, red fucking shirt. Man. You're like, this motherfucker is going to die. I knew immediately. I was like, yeah. he's dead. Yeah. I'm like, one, 
Yeah. So well, exactly. one, we're showing him, yeah. we're showing him with a loved one. So right off the bat, we're like, okay, we know yeah, he's I dead. Say, I was going to say, he's like the guy. He's like the guy in the war movie who starts talking about his family back home. He's the one who just uh -oh, gets the loving letter dead. from a wife that he's pregnant or something like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's oh, dead. Shit. Hey, read. Will you read this letter from my wife to me? <laughs> oh, you're fucking you're dead. dead. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but he goes up. So I uh, mean, they get together. And they go up on this roof and they just start drinking and like Ryan Felipe's in a pissy mood. Like, I don't know what the, the beginning of the movie. I'm just like, this is what we're doing. Like, like he leaves in the afternoon, maybe late afternoon. He gets in the car and he like they're out. They go to the rooftop to drink for no. There's just no reason. Just that maybe they were able to get it's easier. It's cheaper. Location money. They were able to get a roof. Set them they got a roof. He's a yeah. street oh, guys. How do we tell guys. everybody yeah. one city? Hey, let's go on a roof and drink like everybody does. <laughs> Who's a tough guy? Well, they didn't do the cliche standing on the street corner thing, did they? They're up on the roof. They're up on the roof. That happens, and then we're supposed to assume that the very next day they're gonna do a daylight robbery out of fucking blue. Out of the blue. Not only out of the blue, out out in the open, out in the middle of the street. There's no 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 subtlety with this crime. So the writer, which you've already heard, Mr. Mike Berman, and also the director, Mr. Mike Gunther, they're also really big fans of the movie Heat and the town because they combine yes. two elements of this film but don't do it well at all their no. daylight robbery if you can call it a robbery is a courier who has a case on his arm is driving and they happen to know the car because eventually we find out we've got an inside man or woman <laughs> we've got an inside person who is driving them and we know instead of following them to some i don't know maybe have this person drive them to a side street or to a parking garage no their plan is to have a van wear masks have salt rifles and then decide to pull into traffic and stop traffic and just start opening fire willy-nilly style like like i said this is heat they wanted to recreate the yeah. heat scene yeah. but at least in heat there was a reason they're just shooting indiscriminate bullets for no reason cars going everywhere yeah this is more like luke this is more like yeah. luke warm than heat <laughs> Yeah. This is piss warm. <laughs> piss warm. The guy pulls oh. over, they pull him out, they take the thing, and instead of, you know, letting him live, of course, just like in Heat, but except in the beginning of Heat, where we know why this guy Wayne Grove does what he does, he just shoots the guy dead because that's what's got to happen in this movie. And they get these diamonds, and away we go for no reason. They drive off, and it's for $5 million. There's $5 million worth of diamonds that they've now stolen. And we don't really know how they're going to fence them, but it doesn't matter. For no reason, also, suddenly, there's a double cross. There is a double cross that makes no fucking sense whatsoever. James Remar is a convict in prison. Now, he is... He's excellent as a convict. Like he's really good. However, well, he's yes. as hot. He's as hot-headed as he was in War in the Warriors. He is. But I wrote this down. Every shit-ass gangster film has to use the n-word in it. Okay. So coming from the Tarantino world, the n-word is used, but it's never felt out of place, except for maybe Pulp Fiction when you look back on Jimmy saying the n-word about the storage. That that yeah. that doesn't that doesn't hold its weight anymore. However, the rest of the stuff you never feel. Well, I disagree well, with that. Obviously, that's for but, other yeah, reasons. But I know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's so. Well, that's so we have to have. Episode. So basically, we get set up that Remar fights this black guy for. No, they're just they're both mopping a floor. But he is a oh, racist. Oh, he's a racist. There's no I doubt. Mean, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah, mean? I get it. He's not. He's not using it in the. Uh, it, like I'm saying, it's it's very heavy-handed and it's very poor writing. So basically, this robbery is being done so that Ryan Felipe can continue to pay protection money to keep his dad out of Gen Pop because his dad's such a fucking piece of shit racist that the black, the majority of the black prisoners want to kill this motherfucker. They want him dead. Yeah. And the only way to keep him safe is to keep him in solitary confinement. And the only way to do that is to pay for it. Now, $5 million in diamonds split between three guys. Plenty of money. Actually, I would be willing to bet that these three friends, these other two friends, would be happy with taking a million apiece and letting you hold on to three million so you can help your dad out. You do not need to double-cross them for any stretch of the imagination. And then, in every poor gangster-written film, which, again, since everyone thinks Tarantino can just steal things and it's just easy, clearly Mr. Berman and Gunther aren't able to do so. The two Mikes have him kills one friend, but who do you think doesn't get killed, my friends? 50 cent, because that motherfucker cannot be smoked. Curtis Jackson, as I like, I call <laughs> I'm it sorry, Curtis Mr. Jackson. Curtis Jackson. I respect for 
for his acting career. Yes. You know, this is very his, sincere. He wears many hats. This guy wears Oof. many hats. So he gets shot. He survives, of course, because you know, in all badly written movies, you don't make sure the guy you want dead is dead. You shoot, you hope, and you just drive away. You just shoot and pray. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a bit weak. Yeah. That's weak. When I was younger, I broke my collarbone playing football. My brother was a little heavier than me at the time, and so was another kid. And I got tackled sideways on the ground. So, oh, I'm sorry, for those of you who are English guests, American football, I apologize. I got tackled, um, my right shoulder went down, and they landed on me on my left, and the weight and pressure cracked and broke my collarbone. Apparently, in the world of Curtis Jackson and the setup, a bullet can get lodged in your collarbone. The fuck it can. A collarbone. This is a movie, though. Let's get that clear. Of all we're, we're the about things he could have said, of life. all the places it could have been lodged, it could have been the shoulder. At least got... there's meat and muscle. <laughs> and of course, if you've got a problem with well, that. The problem really is he gets shot, and the first place he thinks to go, who someone's going to have medical training, is some tattoo shop that only one guy works at. That's not busy at all, and that he is just ready and has all the info of what's going on in town. So this one guy's in the movie for three seconds. He goes, "Oh, luckily it's lodged in your collarbone." I laughed my ass off the second time I saw that. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous hey, place. You know, it's a small town. This is very it's small Detroit. town, and I don't it's think Detroit, I don't Michigan. Think, I don't think Curtis Jackson's got uh, health insurance. For <laughs> he start. doesn't have insurance. But I will give a shout out to the. I want to give a shout out to the tattooist. Because when he does pull the bullet out, he drops it into a flask and not, not the cliched metal tray that you normally would drop it in. Yes. So I'll give him a shout out for dropping it into a flask. Do you remember what he's going to do? He's going to turn it into some kind of cool piercing or tattoo. He's going to, apparently he's also, he's also going to yeah, yeah. melt it down and whatever. Well, it did hit, it, it did a collarbone. hit Curtis Jackson. It was lodged there. No, it hit his, uh, no, but it hit his um, medallion thing as well, I, didn't I it? I don't, it I hit don't the thing know. Around his of course neck. it does it. Yeah. Well, it did. So you're not. I'm paying yeah, more well, attention yeah. to you because well, because he said it's lodged me. in your collarbone, and I was like, "Fuck you! It's yeah. lodged we're, in your." We're watching. I, I think. I think. I think you, you, you're getting confused. We're watching a movie here. We're not. This My isn't real life, underneath. man. If this was real life, none <laughs> of this would have happened. Okay? But with writing this good, it's no wonder why this film got made. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. But I hear you. Anyway, anyway, oh. let's not get. We're, we're going off track slightly. Uh, here's the sad thing: we haven't even gotten to Bruce yet. I mean, I'm sitting here going because this is the second time I've seen it. But again, it was a year, and I was like, I was like, fuck. When does Bruce at least fucking come on screen? Because I remember enjoying him in it. I'm like, please save this. But no, we have to have as again. In all poorly written gangster films, we bring in the church element. We've got to have the bad guy who just has lost his way with God. And if he could just find his way, there's always going to be a clergyman who's going to try to get him on his path because he can tell right away that he's a wayward saint. Who the fuck gets shot in a collarbone, has a friend who's died, and the first thing you think about if doing is I gotta go movie, pray. You wouldn't be talking <laughs> shit like this. I'm asking you like, questions this happened, because if this, this is, is a good movie. A fucking, no, listen, this has happened in a million fucking movies and you'd never question it. That's not what makes this movie shitty. <laughs> The fact that he went to church doesn't ruin this movie, okay? No. How about this? In Brian De Palma's The Untouchables, after a character is go. killed, they're in there, and they have. And what happens in that scene? One of the greatest dialogue moments ever from the great Sean Connery when he talks about doing, the Chicago way. Doing his He's, Irishman with a Scottish he pulls accent. A, yeah, he um, pulls a knife, yeah, yeah. you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send you one, send of, his one to of his to the morgue. That's the fucking Chicago way. That and is a... And you then you're sitting there like, you forget they're even in the church. You're fucking excited about it. In this one, I'm waiting for Sean Connery to come up yeah, this and is shoot no the preacher. Okay. And go this, but this is yeah, the Detroit yeah. way. Probably. We're not in Chicago. We're in Detroit. Well, I think we're clear on that. This is no the untouchable. This is no untouchable. <laughs> okay. I think we can we can agree there. I think I think you sadly fell in love with this movie. I think you sadly fell in love with Ryan Felipe. Hey, listen. I watch. I, I've got. I watch a lot. I of believe movies. his shirt is I've off. Seen, I've seen shittier. Big budget movies than this. Fair. That's all I'm saying. On that occasion, but I'm not I trying would agree. to. I would agree. This is you. no. This is no. You know, argument really. I mean, I'm something. <laughs> don't I'm be under any illusion that I'm not going to hunt out the DVD for my collection. Listen, I think uh, we I did say in our bad. first episode, some of these, some of these were taking a bullet. We're getting them lodged in our collarbone, apparently, for these people so they don't have to watch them. Yeah. I'm just giving them what's going down. I'm just. I can't. Yeah, 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 I can't yeah, change yeah, okay. the truth. I can't yeah, change no, the facts. The this, facts are yeah, the facts. Just the facts. So those of you out there, if you are in a major city and you are shot and you are lucky enough to have a bullet lodged in your collarbone, seek out a very quiet and not overly populated tattoo parlor. Apparently, you never know. You might be able to find 
a person who would have been a doctor had things gone the right way. And they can perform medical on you. Yeah, well, also, once he's taken the, the slug, the bullet slug out, get a tattoo, you know? Get, get a piercing. A Apparently you... he's going to smelt well, it you... down no, and make I a piercing. Mean, I just mean just to commemorate the, the situation, get a tattoo. Can we also say one thing? I'm sorry. For all the gangster rap lyrics and tough guy persona that 50 Cent is in his 50 Cent world, he can't act like a fucking thug for shit, right? Yeah, Am I wrong? Not, is he? He's the thug with a heart of gold. I get, this, but, he, he? but Plus, he's I one get of the worst it. fucking rappers in history. This guy. Listen, I, we want, we're talking about his movie career right now, not his rapping career. But well, in no, his rap persona. Up, yeah, but he's not doing his rap persona. This is him as an actor. No, you're, you're right. Just... What I'm saying is, in his rap persona, he can act at least like he's a tough guy from the streets of New York. That's the he can't. He can't even pull it off. In in the chance to actually play someone he knows from the streets, he can't even pull it off. He, he raps like he's eating his fucking Ryan dinner. Fli- I get dog. it, but Ryan Felipe is more. <laughs> we haven't gotten to him yet. Ryan oh. Felipe is more. <laughs> more <laughs> I know we should we should have that that guy from the person uh, pa- uh, uh, well, Father I Newell. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Ryan Felipe. Oh, but Ryan Felipe is a little more believable as a tough guy than than Fifty Cent is at all in this film, at all. Ah, oh, I'm sorry. It was just, just it just like trope after trope, and I was like, well, oh, in, in the grand fuck. scheme of things, Fifty. I mean, I don't think we're I don't think we're given any revelations here that Fifty Cent can't act. You know. Well, no. Here's where I wrote it and why I wrote it down. All right. Forget the whole craziness of why any of this is even happening. Why the ball is even in play at this moment. He goes to the poker game. And this is where we find... I mean, the only reason he goes to the poker game is so we can bring Bruce Willis's character into this. Yes. The only well, reason he shows up at this poker game for no fucking reason. Thank God. I, mean, I guess they, that's I should at least take a nod. But thank you for having this because then we get Bruce in the show. But he goes to this poker game. This one-note gangster poker game where everyone watched one gangster film. And of course, like every gangster film that's done badly, he's going to rob a poker game. Just so we can get some information. I said, that's what I would have done. It's, I mean, even the guys in it are the worst. Like, they look like they could be gangsters, and they can't act like gangsters. Like, if your one thing you do to get a role is you look like a gangster, an Italian mobster, the one thing you should be able to at least do is act like a fucking Italian mobster. Hey, hey, you fucking... No, no, none of that. You fucking crazy. You fuck guy. None of that. It's just like a bunch of guys who can barely talk. And there's always one guy miles off, and he gets hit with a gun, and then everyone realizes, oh, always Siri. <laughs> it's the same old trope. One guy miles off, he gets hit with a it's gun. Five minutes long. It's economic filmmaking. It's just we need we need to get a fucking we need to get this fucking movie moving. We need to get moving there. Come on. It's shit up to this point, and then we get fucking Bruce Willis finally. Hey, there he is. Finally, he shows up. The man. Finally. Now, here's another question. Now, there's another guy who shows up, and I've seen him in other films. I can't think of his name right now, but he comes and threatens them, threatens 50. For some reason, they know that he stole the diamonds. No fucking clue. I mean, they were so discreet about this whole caper anyways. I'm surprised they knew he did it. But he knows he did it, and he's given him like a week to... Was he sent? Did we ever find out? Was he sent by... Bruce Willis's character, or by we haven't got time for that, man. We've got you know. We've but got I was thinking minutes. about that today before I recorded with you. I was like, wait, did they? Do we even know who he worked for? <laughs> like he shows up. That's not. Important, he's there man. to collect, but we don't know who he's working for. Like I guess there's another party out there that we don't even know. This kind of thing happens. Look, this kind of thing happens all the time. They know. You know, they're gotcha. always in gotcha. and out of trouble. Yeah. They're uh, always in right. and out of trouble. They know who these yeah. guys are. You know what? There's only three criminals yeah. in that part of town. It's easy. They know who it's going to be. It's easy. I mean, you just, you just, borrow, gonna you just borrow from other movies. It's easy. It was yeah, easy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's easy. Yeah. Cake. Like Tarantino Cake does. Easy. Like yeah. Tarantino exactly. does. Just take it from something else. It's, it's that easy. simple. Yeah. Yeah, hey. just, just have a guy show up. Oh, I'm going to threaten you. You better give me the diamonds. <laughs> you don't have them with you now. You know what? I'm going to give you, uh, how about it's a week? Is a week good for you? <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you want to take a finger? Get the fuck off. Anyways, uh, come on. Yeah, so. Yeah, sorry. Then we get Bruce. Bruce shows up. He picks him up. When he comes on screen, Bruce is performing. 
he almost looks like it's like a, a caricature. He's actually putting a performance on, but because everything else has been so one note, so bland, so devoid of actual any acting skills, when he comes on, it, it's almost jarring because you're like, wait a minute, someone's acting. Someone's acting. I'll give you that. Bruce Willis shows up and it's like, he's doing what he can to elevate the material. Yes. And the pro that he is, he makes that movie. Yeah. You know, he's, he's in the movie for what, 15 minutes? Yeah. I think that's, Maximum 15 minutes. Yeah. He owns them 15 minutes. Oh, he's, 100%. On top, he's on top form. You're excited when he comes on. Yeah, he's as good as he's, he is in any Bruce Willis movie mm-hmm. in them 15 minutes. Agreed. But that just goes to show, yeah, that goes to show how great he is. Yes. You know, that in them 15 minutes, he can totally make that movie. He could have completely mailed this in. Everyone else, I mean, I know everyone else probably isn't trying to mail it in, but besides him and James Reamer, who are the only two guys who are acting, and each time they act, and this is what might, if people see this, is jarring, it's because there's so little real acting going on. When they actually come on screen, it almost feels farcical because you've been lulled to sleep by the inability of everyone else in the fucking film to act, and you're falling asleep, and these two guys actually, when they come on screen, you're like, Oh, this is fantastic. You know, like, Remar is giving a performance. Willis is giving a performance. Everyone else is just shitting in their hand and wiping in their hair. It's that fucking bad. Well, so far, anyway, there's a... There's I mean, Ryan Felipe, we a, haven't got well, no, to his no, Oscar no, performance he, yet, but we're getting Well, there. you know, no, no, we'll get there. We'll get there. No, there's a couple... There's someone else that I think delivers the goods, but we haven't, we haven't reached really? that point yet. Yeah, there is someone who's pretty good. Come on, Randy Couture, the... Oh. <laughs> but we haven't got that... We're, but we haven't even got We're there yet. We're almost there. <laughs> yeah, but he's great. He's so watchable, he's so much so fun. He's so one note. Oh. Well, no, but he is. Of course he's one note. He's a fucking MMA fighter. He's not I know. Fucking no, Pacino, you know what? You know what? In fairness, you know what? I will be fair. That's absolutely right. He deserves. He he gets a he's, pass for being absolutely. as shitty as he is. The rest of these Come guys, on. like Felipe, get no he's better pass. Better than Felipe. Oh my Felipe. god, yes. He. Oh my yes. A hundred percent. He's a bozo, and he and he's very watchable and entertaining. Yes. Yes, that's so that maybe on, one of the better scenes. But, yes. but maybe, but yeah, but we need to. We haven't got there yet. We're we're getting ahead. I know. Ahead. It feels like we've already been in on this an hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might be. Out, you'll, maybe you can cut. Get, you're gonna have to do some fucking no. Thelma Schoonmaker types editing. Oh no! It's just oh god. So, but Bruce, when he does show up. It is refreshing. He is great. He's like I said. He's trying everything. He's. I even feel like I actually feel like the writers actually, whether it was in the writing process or once he they got on stage or on set, I feel like they actually tried to give both Remar and Willis something. Agreed. Right. Felipe gives nothing. Felipe is. I, I, one of my notes is how the fuck does Felipe keep getting work? And then I said, why does anyone well, let Fifty Cent to their film? Because I forgot well, he produced a, it. According how to does my he research, keep getting it? yes. According to my research, he didn't even want to be in this movie. You can fucking tell. You can well, tell. Yeah. Well, there you go. Fair enough. Look, can we just be honest? He can't act. One of my favorite movies of the of the twentieth twenty uh, first century came out two thousand. Is a great movie from Christopher McQuarrie, his first directorial debut after he was the uh, Academy Award winning for writing Usual Suspects. So it's his second movie he wrote, but first he got to direct, and it's Way of the Gun with uh, him and Benicio del Toro. Yeah, love that movie. James Conn's. It's a great film. Felipe is decent in that film. What helps is he's got a lot of great actors around him, and because they're really putting in work, especially del Toro. Felipe's probably it's his best role. Other than that, how he... I mean, maybe women find him attractive back then. I don't know. Maybe late 90s, early 2000s, women find him attractive. I don't know. I guess that's how he kept getting roles. But he, well, he started fucking off, didn't he start off in like Cruel Intentions or something? Yeah, Cruel Intentions. He? A bit of a pretty boy type. Yeah. So he's a pretty boy actor, which means he doesn't need to be an actor. Then he tries, you know, he, he stretches himself in something like Way of the Gun. But he doesn't suck in. He's pretty yeah, decent. That, that's that's going to be... That'll be honest to himself. I don't suck. suck in this movie. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, you know, he's decent enough in that. You know, this movie, I don't think... I don't think any actor was really going to make this movie top tier. No. Okay? No, no you're right. Matter. You're right. He's not the weakest part of this fucking movie, that's for sure. 50 Cent is the fucking weakest part of this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, he's, he basically becomes the and lead character. And he's the lead. He is the lead. He's, and he's not good. No, 50 Cent is the lead, yeah. So, and he can't act. That's no. the problem. Ryan Felipe being a pretty boy actor with very limited range is not really the no. big issue in this movie. But I, I know what you're saying, though. I know what you're saying. He is the movie's villain. He is the villain of the piece. He could be chewing the scenery. He could be doing anything. He could be yelling and cursing like James Remar, his father yes. in this. Yes, But he's not. So I get that. I'm not arguing. I'm not going to argue. Even if he you. tried to just he imitate James Remar... 
That's what uh, I'm that would decide. have been better, right? Like yeah, even no, if what, he had given a, an attempt to yeah. even be like his yeah, father, no. but the guy who plays his father. Well, all I'm saying is, I'm not going to shit on him as an actor. I'm just going to say he doesn't show up. He doesn't. Well, you can't shit on him as an actor because he's not an actor. He is an actor. <laughs> no, he is no, a fucking. He's actor. a pretty boy who gets put into movies. But he's, he didn't get in yeah. way of the gun because he's a fucking pretty boy. What I'm saying is, he's probably cheap. Okay, he just doesn't fucking show up to the. He doesn't show up, no. does he? he? Just no. He's just a fucking void, and he's the villain of the movie, which is yes. a fucking problem. That's the problem. When your lead actor is a fucking is a fucking void, and so is the villain. The problem is, is that the guys who wrote this try to make Willis's character the villain, while he's a bad guy. He's a gangster. He's not the villain of the film. He's just like, hey, you stepped on my toes by robbing my <laughs> my my really lame poker game. Can I just say one thing before I forget? This film would have been so much better. If Ryan Philippe and 50 Cent swapped roles. Yeah, I mean, couldn't have hurt. I can't, can't uh, well, hurt. No, absolutely. Hurt. Listen, listen. <laughs> this is not going to win. This wasn't going to win any If 50 Oscars Cent and Ryan Philippe were played by cats, <laughs> just hear me yeah. out. That might have been better. You can't drop that bomb. Might have been better. No, I'm just saying, look. Because Ryan Felipe is no tough guy. 50 Cent, as you pointed out, in his rap persona, is a tough guy. So you should have swapped. I mean, he's been shot. I mean, he's been actually got shot, shot many times before. Got, I've read the research. 50 Cent was shot 86 times in the face, and he lived to tell the tale. <laughs> no fucking. Listen. In the saying, face. <laughs> Ryan Felipe should have been the kind of. Because, you know, 50 Cent is playing this kind of, um, you know, thug with a heart of gold. And that's. That was. That's. It's you fucking horseshit, yes. You need a little bit of range for that. And I yes. would say Philip, Felipe has that range. So they should have just swapped over. So 50 Cent should be the, the strong, silent, menacing villain. Yeah. And then you could have had Ryan Felipe as the kind of wide-eyed innocent who's just trying to, like, get himself out of this jam. But anyway, then that didn't happen. So this is what we get. Uh, we do get Jenna Dewan is in this. Channing Tatum's wife, Jenna Dewan, is in this film. Of, uh, or ex-wife. <laughs> big fan of Magic Mike. Uh, <laughs> big fan of the podcast, of <laughs> our cheeky bastard podcast. Yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she's, she's awful. She, she's not good in this. Uh, it's all one note. Every, she, she, she can't she Ryan Philippe? Sh sister. Sister, who gets fucked right, up. I heard... Yeah. I actually heard, just a, a, a side note, that um, one of the stars of Assassination of a High School Principal, a High School President... You did it too. <laughs> yeah, I did it too. Misha Barton was supposed to be in this. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Scheduling she was so much conflicts, better. man. No, yeah, that's Scheduling what she said. Conflicts. That's what she said. She's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> and I got just, a... like, just like Ryan Felipe didn't want to be yeah. in this movie, I'm sure he said that before he moved, before he started in it. I don't fucking think so. Now, if they had put the guy who was at the star of our last movie, Reese, Reese Thompson, hey. in Felipe's role, and her, hey, I, I would have, hey. or any one of those no, no, no. side characters, no, see, this movie would have been like through the roof. This is it. This any of the, any of those guys should be playing the Fifty Cent role because Fifty yeah. Cent is the heart and soul of the film, yeah. and he's got no heart or any soul. <laughs> that is the issue. That is the issue with this movie. Is you, the lead is a fucking void. As is the villain. Yeah. Okay, I've repeated myself, I know, but that is the problem with this movie. Everyone else, fairly kind of like run of the mill, yeah. mundane, but they're not, yeah. they're, 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 they're barely supporting roles, you know? Bruce Willis brings his fucking A game to what is a, a Z grade movie. You're being, I think it's fair being, to yeah. say. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, I've seen I've seen some ter I've seen a lot worse big budget movies than this. You know, the black gentleman who they well after after the ridiculous thing where. Bruce Willis forces 50 Cent to now have to go rob some some Russians who buried money, as you do. And he's supposed to kill them, but he does two million, it. For another and, $2 million. And then, and then they steal another $2 million. Yeah. And Randy Couture is with them. And instead yeah. of returning with the money, they decide they got to go get weed or something. And then Randy Couture. <laughs> the black guy who plays the, the guy who's selling the guns. He's funny. He's he would have been better as, as 50 Cent. Exactly. 50 Cent should have been the gun guy. But, um, you know, come on. A special shout out to Randy Couture. He's, he is fun in this. He's funny when he gets into the house. No, Everything he's else, when he's, he's, I know, you know, I know, but when he's trying to play the tough guy and he's trying to really sell the tough guy well, role, no, that's what makes it funny. Is at first he's this tough guy, and then he turns into a kind of like a <laughs> he's, he's goofing off with the guns a little bit too much oh, as he finds out. Hilarious, but he's, I think, he does an admirable job considering what material he's given. Considering that he's a, a UFC fighter. I mean, like, he's not going to be a Dave Batista, person, but no, and, and considering the kind of person who usually plays that role. 
He, he brings something to it. Yeah. He's limited, of course, very, but he's got just enough to give you a little bit of a smack because you... Because even he starts throwing the N-word around. I mean, that's just how you know it's poor, poorly written. Like, every gangster because they feel... use the N-word? No. Because be... criminals are using the N-word. No. Shock horror. No, but because it, it feels forced. It's just out of the blue. It's just, it's always used. It's not yeah. used in like your vernacular, right? Yeah, racist. It's just to use used, that word, but it's always used just to By throw racist. it in. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like every, like every criminal is like, like, it's always thrown in. Like, all bad crime movies have that because they try to steal from you know who we won't get into that well, no, every crime i would say every crime film uses that uh, we have good or bad there's plenty of good crime films that use the m-word but when the good ones use it you learn about the characters and you feel that that's their character this is just like out of the blue it's like oh randy couture said nothing oh wait a minute that there's a black really guy the there's a black guy the, like, boom that is really the least of this film's problems no you're absolutely right but i'm just pointing out this i'm, but I'm pointing a, out how you, you can know, find james remar plays a racist he uses the n-word it's but not when, Yes, when Remar does it, it feels more authentic. But again, it's like, oh. But he is a racist. Yes, so in the he's movie. Use it. Yeah, I no, get I just, it. No, no, James Remar, sir. I, I'm My sure point you're not is, a is that it's, it's such a poorly half-assed written movie that this that these people have taken so much from other things and don't know how to properly. There's worse writing in this movie than thugs using the N word. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. If you really want to get down to it. <laughs> Everything about anyway. this movie is where the, the well, opening yeah, exactly. credits is where it ends. But they really, shouldn't even you know, go past yeah. the credits. But when, when, you know, at the beginning, my heart sunk right at the beginning when 50 Cent starts narrating the film. I thought, oh, <laughs> fuck. He was like, you know what? I think I should narrate this just like the great Morgan Freeman. I feel like this is my Morgan Freeman role. It's my breakout. <laughs> it's going to happen. Ooh. Oh, I may have peaked with this movie. But anyway, but when um when Randy Couture and Fifty Cent show up to the to show up to Fifty Cent's friend's house and they want to get some weed and he the, his friend he's is probably the best he's the best side no, character he's, like he's um, like one he's of the best guys up, on he's it. gearing yeah. up for the apocalypse he's got like <laughs> yeah, he's got everything he's got firearms for dads but in fact he lives Couture, in Detroit he does live in yeah, Detroit Randy Couture does the, does the shoot an oh oh god oh fuck I've shot Marvin in the face yes situation but he does it to himself. He does. And then it leads us to him dropping off to some guy who works at a food processing plant and he's chopping guy up into burgers. Which like, I like that like, part. That was I a like good part. part. But it was just you're going like, you're right. If you want to talk to somebody who gives you shit about Tarantino and his he scrapbooks things and he's, he's a hack at it, show them this film and say, yes. you want to see what hack yeah, looks yeah. like? This is hack. This yeah. is taking everything yeah. you've ever seen from a movie and you just put it all together with no through line, makes no sense. Every character comes in once and they disappear. Like they just that come in and they're scene, gone. Though. When he minces the guy up in the, well, chops the guy up. Yeah, that was a great scene. But eventually, once they've robbed the Russians and they don't return with the money, they grab some of the Russians and they start torturing them. Which is great. Torture is always fun. You have a guy who's acting, like Bruce Willis is having fun doing in that scene. The guy who's playing with him actually has to give a performance. And he's actually pretty decent. Playing his little side hedge. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> and Bruce is like, what's he doing? He goes, boss, I think he's drowning. <laughs> They, I love it that they play this. They they drown the one Russian because he won't give him information. But eventually, they make this weird trade with another group. There's a shootout. Willis gets shot. Does he die? Is he dead? Is his character dead? We never see him again because then we get this horrible chase through the city of Detroit. That was bad. Awful. Yeah, that was a bad chase. Yeah. Awful. Do we know? Did did Bruce did Bruce make it through? Did he die? Does he? Well, I think die? the idea is. I personally, I I don't know. Because it's such a badly edited scene, and it looks a little bit thrown together like they didn't... The continuity is so bad in that end shootout. What they had in that shootout is they had one chance with a certain amount of blanks they could fire, and that's all they got. So... We're going to film this shootout, and then when we yeah. run out of blanks to fire, these two fuckwads are going to chase each other in one of the worst chase sequences on foot ever filmed. But they're just like, fuck it. We, we don't need to worry about what happens at the end. Like, at this point, they were like, Does that, is anyone even watching at this point? Has anyone in stayed to see this film? But I think, yeah, I didn't notice the, the shootout scene. There's some really bad continuity, and I think a lot of it is they figured, well, we'll just have this massive shootout. When we edit it together, it'll all... <laughs> it'll all make sense and it doesn't so they kind of like push it to the side rather quickly i think the idea was of course it was kind of like um for want of a better term it was kind of a a mexican standoff situation where they're all going to kill each other but they just forgot the part where they kill each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they're all shooting at each other there's bodies flying around and then it just cuts to fucking 50 cent chasing ryan Philippe down the street <laughs> 
but what what felt like twenty minutes. Yes, yes, and neither so one. I, I and don't neither think there was. Seemed to be running fast. You know, neither of them. But you know what it is? I think I've been spoiled by Tom Cruise. When Tom Cruise runs in a film, Tom Cruise runs in a film. Tom Cruise runs like he's being chased by Usain Bolt. When Ryan Felipe and Fifty Cent are running, they... Tom Cruise has walked faster. <laughs> <than this. laughs> if if Tom Cruise had a Zimmer frame, <laughs> he would be going fast. Oh. It just seems like it's almost like oh, my feet hurt. Weren't you, you, know, weren't like you hoping cent. for them to get hit by a vehicle? I was hoping the thing was going to end with one of them getting hit by a vehicle. Well, that would have been enough. Yes. But again, you know, it's a pretty lame. There are moments in the film that I found to be quite entertaining and fun, but all the important stuff wasn't. No. And most of the entertaining and fun required people who actually acted. When Bruce Willis is on screen, enjoyable. The black gentleman in the Randy Couture gun thing with the black gentleman, he make. I mean, he helps the scene. And Randy is great in it. Enjoyable. He's perfect. James Remar. When he's on, yeah. they're not fun scenes, but they're, he's he's no, good. I get he's you. good I in get you. But whenever it's Fifty Cent or Ryan Felipe by themselves or together, punch yourself in the dick. It's actually going to be a much better time. That's where the problems start. Yeah, like I say, they're voids. They're complete voids. Ryan Felipe doesn't want to be there. Fifty Cent can't act, and that's what the whole film hangs on their relationship. We don't want Ryan Felipe to be there either. <laughs> no, but I mean the, the the whole film is rests on them, and they don't. They're not capable. They're not capable, or one's not capable, one wants to be at home jerking off or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I will say this. I don't think there's any bad acting in the film, right? I think um, the two people, the culprits, 50 Cent and Ryan <laughs> Phillip, oh, as we've addressed, they are the problem with the film. Everyone else is thinking... I'm in a movie with Bruce Willis. True, but they're not. But only a few of them are actually in the movie with Bruce Willis. That's the thing. I think they're all pretty good. All the henchmen and the heavies and everyone—they're all pretty good for the kind of movie they're in. I think the best way to explain it. I think you might be right. I think this is poorly written and poorly directed. Oh, that's without question. Without question. Uh, the one guy who plays the guy who's supposed to be the fence, but also the the boyfriend of his sister. Uh, well, that's he's that from guy. he's from the show The Shield, and he's yes, amazing in The yes. Shield. And he's actually pretty he's, decent in this. Yeah, he's Jay, Car Jay Carnes, his name is. He plays Russell. Yeah, he played Dutch yeah, in The Shield. He's great the in The kind Shield. Of the cop even thought he was like the psycho psychologist type. He wants to be in fucking Silence of the Lambs, doesn't but he? But he's great in The Shield. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen, though, yes. Well, some of the people, well, I mean, yeah. You just play, you're just literally playing someone who's to get killed on screen to show what a badass Ryan Phillippe is. Well, look, I'm going to be honest with you. He's not the only person in The Shield who's going to be in a couple of these movies because I do believe Michael Chiklis makes a few appearances coming down the I'm road. I'm sold on those already. He's like a squashed down Bruce Willis, isn't he? Like a little, <laughs> he's, he's Bruce, like, Bruce he's Willis' Bruce mini. Willis is mini me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. Well, I, I was trying to find the budget for this movie, and I don't really want to say this because the, the, the rumor is it's like nearly 20 million. Well, Bruce took a big chunk. That can't be right. That can't be right. I bet because Felipe probably didn't want to be in it. They probably had to pay him more than he's probably worth. You know apparently what? Apparently it made, it you made know what 2 a, million. You know where a lot of this money went to? You're going to laugh at it, but there's probably some truth. The fucking soundtrack. Oh, Somebody got paid for yeah. their shitty fucking music to no, be I, in I this soundtrack. Believe, but apparently this, this movie made about $2, $2 million globally. You know what? It made money off of Willis, and it made it overseas. Of That's it. Oh, of course. That's 50 Cent. Definitely 50 Cent. Maybe to start. <laughs> but then people were like, well, maybe well, Bruce is decent. No, no, but I can't believe that. I I looked, I was trying to find, I was trying to find, um, yeah, I was trying to find the budget for this. And there was a rumor to be two, uh, 20 million. I can't fucking believe that. No way. No way. Maybe, <laughs> maybe 2 million. Well, if you did buy a ticket to go see this overseas, because this went straight to video here. And you went to see Willis, you weren't disappointed. If your whole no, reason was to see Bruce Willis act in a film, Bruce Willis delivered. Absolutely. But like you say, yeah, we've, I think we've covered the yeah. important um, areas of this film. Um, the best so... part is the credits. No, I was kidding. I think they probably have shitty music <laughs> in that too. I think that fucking band. I'm not even going to look them up because I'm, well, I'm not going to give them air time. Yeah. Fucking and not even a 50 cent song makes it. How about know. that? 50 if himself anything, wouldn't, put money, wouldn't put music into this. I would have put money on that though, wouldn't you? hundred percent. I'd put fifty cents. Yeah, on I, I bet. I bet he got a theme. You know, like the end credits or the yeah. or something in them. No, nothing. Nothing. Mm -mm. So there you go. Looking for my so-called friend, man. He shot me. I'm gonna find him. So you can shoot him. Are you retarded? Are you handicapped? You think you're gonna come into my town and take down poker games, shoot whoever you want without my permission? 
Are you done with your speech? <clears throat> Take it easy, B. What's the name of the kid that shot you? Vincent. Vincent Long. Vincent Long that runs with John R's crew? Yeah, he's been hanging around. Congratulations. You managed to piss off a very important group of people that I make money with. That means you owe me now. Well, I guess I will start this time on our favorite scene. Favorite scene. My favorite scene from this film, we kind of talked about it. It is... When Randy Couture accidentally blows his fucking brains out, fucking around with the gun. I think it's a combination of, like you said, when Randy's fucking around, he is good in that moment being the dumbass, just, just being the tough guy, spinning the gun, fucking around. Yeah. And I apologize. I don't know the gentleman's name off the top of my head right now, but the black gentleman who plays 50 Cent's hookup guy, his main guy there, he is spectacular. He is funny. He's been in other things before. He's a funny dude. Like I said, I would have preferred to see him in the 50 Cent role. He would have been a lot more believable and would have delivered a hell of a lot better performance than fucking 50 Cent does. But he made that whole thing fucking enjoyable. And actually, if you look back at it, I think it may have been 50 Cent's best scene himself acting it. Because the other guy was kind of oh, I agree. leading the way. Oh, I agree. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I agree. In that yeah, moment, 50 was really more of the supporting actor to this gentleman because he has most of the lines. So that is my favorite scene from this top-notch thriller. Yours, sir. From what I can figure out, isn't that the guy with the guns and yes. the weed is, I think his name is Omar J. Dorsey. That's the name of the actor, I believe. Okay, well, he was from spectacular. My, from my very quick, terrible <laughs> research, which, you know, just never listened to me. But that's from what I can find out. My favourite scene. Are we talking favourite scenes here? We are. Thank, welcome back. <laughs> well, sorry, I was just doing that bit of research. This is tough. Okay, no. Easily for me. It's just this, it's a very simple scene, but it's Bruce Willis lamenting the decline of sports coverage in newspapers <laughs> while he's having his breakfast. It's like his first scene, one of his first scenes. It's his first, it's, I think it's his first scene, and it's just his mannerisms. It's just so Bruce Willis. Mm -hmm. You know, it's who we love and why we love him. Yes, he keeps that John McClane slash moonlighting David, what's his last name in it? David that Addison. wise ass, that. that Wisecracking, wise ass. He still has a bit of that in him. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that soul of his character, even though he's not playing those characters. Yeah, in this, he's ponderous and he's looking to the sky. He's looking to the sky a bit and lamenting this the shame that people are watching this stuff on their phones now, and there's no need for newspapers anymore. Yeah, you know, the, he's like being the old geezer. Yeah. Waving his fist. He's taking poorly written dialogue technology. and giving it life. Yes. Because, yes, because it, it's, it's just bullshit. You know, we got to come up with some cool dialogue for this guy to say. But he actually fucking delivers it. And they probably were like, yeah. we just wrote us a fucking Oscar winning script when he delivers Do you know what? that. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if Bruce Willis read this script, read his lines, and thought, I, no, let me rephrase that. I bet Bruce Willis just read his lines. Yes. He was like, I don't want to know thought, the rest. <laughs> yeah, or, well, no, or just didn't care at that point. Just thought, no, this guy's funny. I like him. Yeah, yeah, I can like, make I him funny, how, yeah. I know, how, I know how to play this guy. I can change this. I know how to say that. I can sprinkle a little magic over this and that. So I think he probably read his own lines and thought, you know what? I get to hang out with, you know, these guys. You know, I know who they are. Why not? Boom. Well, million clams. he delivered. <laughs> couple of days work. <laughs> right. I think you got to probably pay a little bit more. If it's $20 million budget, you probably saw 5 that to 10. I can't be oh, right. But, I'll, I'll, but that's all I could find out. But anyway, so yeah, definitely when he's, you know, talking about like people finding out all this information now on their mobile phones and him and he's going to miss newspapers. I just thought that was a <laughs> just a great little moment and he really sells it. You'll start us off with your favorite line of dialogue from this. Whew, I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay in 2011, but apparently it just missed out. Best one-liner. I'm going to give it my best. All right. I will give it my all. It is in the scene where they're drowning the Russian. Because as you pointed out, they, they need some information and they'll kill any they'll kill any Russian to get that information. <laughs> well, accidentally think that scene. But yeah. But Bruce Willis is heavy. They've got a guy dunked up and is he's dunked upside down in a in a fucking um fish tank. Not a fish yeah, like a fish tank type thing. And he says Listen, you stupid fucking Russian son of a bitch. You're not going to grow gills anytime soon, so I suggest you tell the man what he wants to know. 
<laughs> and then the guy fucking... And then, then he just drowns. They leave him in there too long. And I think Bruce Willis and his henchmen just look at each other and they're like, I think we left him in there too long. Yep. Well, they put him out and he fucking <laughs> drowned. Yeah, so it's literally, the, it's literally the heavy fucking doing one of the typical threats that you hear in a crime movie. You fucking dumb Russian son of a bitch. Mine is the same guy. Yeah. I think it's the same yeah. guy. And it's when Bruce's like, what's he doing? He goes, I think he's drowning, boss. That's, like, that's it. That's literally the only good scene in yes. the movie. Yes. Really. Yes, yeah. He goes, I think he's drowning, boss. That's just <laughs> it. Like I was like, I was it was just so matter of fact he delivered it so so perfectly. Like, you know, he really the guy who was playing with him, they really leaned into the whole Goomba fucking, you know, yeah. funny, you know, being making fun of kind of that whole mentality. And I really, I really <laughs> appreciate it. It was one of the few things that made me laugh. Because uh, like, Bruce is because Bruce is like, he's like, what the fuck's he doing? He goes, I think he's drowning, boss. Like I just left away. <laughs> you stupid oh, fucking, fucking drowning. son of a bitch. Oh, you. Oh. Oh. Uh, all right. So that yeah. leads us to the best performance. Best performance. For me, look. It's the title of this fucking podcast. Hands down, it's Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis puts out the best performance. He is acting on all cylinders. He's really leaning into this role. Some of you who watch it will might think he's overdoing it, but that's because no one else literally on screen from any moment before him or after him is putting in any kind of fucking real performance. Bruce Willis is actually really putting in and attempting to play this mob boss. And I thank him for it because when he was on screen, I enjoyed him being on screen. It's the only reason I kept with the movie is that I'm glad they didn't kill him off early. I'm worried that there's going to be a few movies coming down the road where they're going to kill his character off early and we're going to struggle through like an hour and a half of a film with no Willis to talk about and just have to fucking hope that it's like a quick dental procedure, but I don't think it's going to be. But for me, it's Mr. Willis. For you, sir. Well, I couldn't agree more. It's Bruce Willis. He brings his A-game to a Z-grade movie. This is everything we like about Bruce Willis. Minus him getting physically involved that much in the movie, you know, violence-wise. You know, yeah, he's the one who starts firing at the end, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I forget. You know, it happens so fast. I think fast. he pulls I his gun out and shooting it, everyone. Yeah. But, uh, like, you know, as we've, as we've addressed, there aren't really any performances in this movie other than the old hands, which are Bruce Willis and James Remar. And, uh, you know, special shout-out to those guys because... Yeah, James James Remar, he, he's he's chewing the scenery. He's doing. That's the funny thing. James Remar is doing James Remar. That's what James Remar does. He's a very ferocious, intense actor. Bruce Willis is very sarcastic, smart-assed, and kind of cool. And they're both doing that in the in their best way possible. So yeah. So for me, best performance without without a doubt is. Mr. Willis. That'll lead us to your favorite character or best character. Favorite character. Who was the character you enjoyed the most? Randy Couture, the muscle. <laughs> I thought he was just a great... Well, this is it. As we said, you know, earlier about James Remar and Bruce Willis, he's, you know, I mean, I know we're not talking about performance here, but he's really the only other mem memorable, really memorable character in the film. I actually felt a bit disappointed when he blew his own brains out <laughs> that he wasn't going to be in the film anymore. So I'm like, well, I'm not enjoying Ryan Phillippe. I'm not certainly not enjoying... 50 Cent. But then I never thought I would enjoy 50 Cent as an, you know, mm -hmm. I kind of knew that he was going to fall flat in this movie anyway, because I'd seen him in other things. He's not an actor. Simple as that. He's no ice tea. No. You know, he's no ice cube. No. He's no vanilla ice. Who is though? <laughs> Who really is? Vanilla ice is, you know, he is like the, the Marlon Brando of rapping when <laughs> it comes to rap. truly is, yes. However, folks, I do I don't want to get spoilers, but a little foreshadowing. He may be making an appearance two months from the time you listen hey, to this. He well, may good, be in another know. film really, Look, really he, soon. He, he maybe he can turn me around, you know. But what well, we'll say, you know, is Randy Couture, at least he's believable in the role, but that's that's not what we're talking. We're not talking about the actor, we're talking about the character. I thought he was a great character because he turned you know, I think initially when he's because he's kind of running fifty cent down, you know, when they mm -hmm. meet, he's kind of as if to sort you know, he's kind of trying trying to uh, Show him who's boss, sort of thing. He's like, look, you're coming with me. I'm in fucking charge. So, yeah, he's throwing the N-word around, and that could be considered <laughs> a little bit distasteful. Yes. But... I get it. But ultimately, they become... They kind of become a bit pally later on. <laughs> and then he blows his own brains yes. out. <laughs> and I, I did think, that's a shame, because I was enjoying the guy. I was enjoying the character. 
I, so I was, me, I was yeah, glad he blew his brains out. I'm not going to lie to you. However, my That's favorite character disgusting. is the guy oh, I wish kept going forward, and that is G-Money, played by Omar Dorsey. And while you were doing oh. your rant, I knew he looked familiar. A year he's later, in Django he's in Django Unchained. He plays Chicken Charlie. He's one of the guys who's in the back. Of the wagon. He is, and here's some trivia on a Bruce Willis podcast from the guy who hosts the Church of Tarantino. He is the only current person to be a part of an end credit scene in a Tarantino film. Django Unchained is the only current film that has an end credit scene, and the guy says the N-word. He is at the end of it, and he gets to say it. So Chicken Charlie, Mr. Omar Dorsey, is my favorite as G-Money. I would have loved to see him more in the film. I would have loved to see him and 50 Cent go around. If he could have teamed up with 50 Are Cent for this film, it would have been better. you wanted to see more of an actor in this film? Well, yeah, I know. I, what a fucking <laughs> ass. What a prick. Shame what a dick you. I am. Yes. Shame on you. Yes. No, <laughs> absolutely. No, I, I agree. He was great. He was great. But, you know, again, you know, you, you start thinking, you think you, p- different people in different roles in this film. Yeah. You could have had something. You could have had something. Like I say, it would have been a little bit more Ryan, enjoyable. Ryan, yeah. Yeah. If Ryan Philippe was the lead, at least you yeah. would have had. This, this film has such no poor actor. writing. But yeah. If, if, if there had been a little bit stronger cast, they might have been able to, you know, muddle this through. Yeah. They might have been a muddle and make it a little bit more enjoyable. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll go on record. I, I, I think, I think. I've seen worse big budget movies than this. That's a first statement. But I think you know you've got to um, you've got to adapt when you you know we all know this when you watch a movie you have to adapt to the kind of film you watch. You do, but you also you know, should still be critical if because you, if you're, you're going to be critical of other you, movies, yeah. uh, no, obviously that doesn't mean everything's good. Because I mean they spent nowhere, twenty million dollars of somebody's money yeah. on this piece of shit. Yeah. So what? But what I'm saying is, yeah, look, this is not a great movie. This isn't even a good movie. This is below average on my. Um, letterbox score. This is below average, but I have seen worse films with a big, bu- bigger budget, made by people who really should know what they're doing and had actual actors in their films. So for that, Fair. I will say this film deserves a little bit of a salute for not sucking as much <laughs> as it sh- probably should. The moment of truth. I realized that what we did is we should make this a two for how we answer this question. Is it a Bruce or is it a deuce? One, the first thing is we should say, and we'll start at this podcast now. Did Willis drop a deuce or a Bruce? And then is this a film a Bruce or a deuce? Fairness? Like, is it a film that's worthy a very, yeah, or no, is it a deuce? That's very diplomatic. Very diplomatic. I think it is uh, my turn at this point. I believe, yes, we're going flipping. Yeah. yeah so it, I will it, say that Bruce himself, his acting in this, he dropped a Bruce. His acting was fantastic. He really put in a performance. He did not sell out. Maybe he took a paycheck and knew the movie was going to be anything. But that being said, he put in a performance. He showed up on set and he gave it his all for the role that he was given and the minimal things that were surrounding him. So for that, I will say he dropped a Bruce. He most definitely dropped a Bruce. This film, however, <laughs> dropped a deuce and is now a double turd to Hanuk. <laughs> this movie got a half star from me on Letterboxd. It was that awful, and I've seen it twice now. I will never go back and watch it again. I saw it two times more than I ever thought I would have to. But yes, so for me, Mr. Willis drops a Bruce. This film overall drops a deuce. This film was definitely dropped a deuce. Right, okay, so as far as Mr. Willis is concerned, this is he definitely dropped a Bruce. As you've already just pointed out, he he brings his A game, he he totally delivers, he lets us know why we love Bruce Willis the way we do. He does all the right things and makes all the right moves. This is definitely Mr. Willis dropping a Bruce. He most definitely dropped a Bruce. However, <laughs> I gave it <laughs> I gave you gave this half a star. Yeah. I gave it one and a half. Okay. Wow. You so it falls wow. way short. It's not. It's it's below average. It's not, you know for for the type of movie it is, it's below average. I won't watch this movie. I won't be watching this movie again. But you know, under the right circumstances, I, I you know it was eighty five minutes. It crammed. I feel like it did cram quite a lot in there in the eighty five minutes. So it wasn't boring. And you know, James Remar, Bruce Willis, Randy Couture. The man Omar, they all made the film worthwhile. It just wasn't made worthwhile by the leads, and that is the fucking problem with this movie. So I didn't hate the movie, but I won't be watching it again. So I would have <laughs> to I would have to concede and say the movie drops a deuce. But it's not a big deuce. It nips one off. <laughs> 
This film was definitely dropped. A deuce. For you, it's not a big deuce. For me, it's it's chock full of old peanuts floating at the top of the bowl. Wow. Not very no, good. No, this is... Uh, it nips when... It nops. So, how about this? In fairness, it, we've had two contrasting films to start with. The first one is the bar to which it's all going to be in. And now this is now the low bar. So now we're going to have what's in between. Will something drop below setup? And can something get above assassination of a high school president? According to you, nothing could be lower. Look, you're not allowed to not give stars. I I've, I have a feeling there's going to be some coming down the road that are going to be worse. But we don't know. But we don't know. But see, obviously where I'm coming from... Absolutely, something could be worse. Yes. Because one and a half, there's worse places yes. to be than one and a half. This is true. So, but ultimately, yes, I won't be watching this film again. And that will do it for our second episode. Please feel free to reach out to us on the show's socials, which can be found in the show notes, and tell us what you thought of this film how you feel about Bruce as an actor, or even to let us know what you think about the show. We'd also greatly appreciate it if you'd give this show a like, leave us a review, and follow the show on the Last of the Action Heroes Podcast Network, where you can find other amazing podcasts dedicated to such iconic action stars as Stallone, Lundgren, Van Damme, Schwarzenegger, and Seagal. The link to the network can also be found in the show's notes. So won't you please join us again next month as Steve and I will be reviewing Bruce's role in the 2011 crime thriller Catch 44 to see if he dropped a deuce or... If he dropped a Bruce. Until then. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. This has been a man with an exceptional beard production. <laughs>